Thank you for tuning in to Avant Life's weekly podcast. We hope this message inspires you, stirs your faith, and leaves you blessed. It's good to be here in all of the Christmas feels. Thanks to all of our team who set up all of the beautiful trees and stuff like that. And it's a great season to actually discuss this topic of giving as God gives in light of the incarnation of Christ, right? Like the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, Like Andrew said, on the 19th of December, we are taking up our legacy offering. If you missed out on what that actually means and what that is for, please go to our YouTube channel and listen to our Vision Sunday sermon from last Sunday. Pastor Ben preached and he spoke to um, a bit about our legacy offering. But it's important for us to, before we get to a point of action, it's important for us to understand principle. Um, We can very much in our world do many things based upon a reaction to our circumstances or maybe a response to uh, what is happening in society. But are we principled in our decisions? Like, do we actually take time to go, the reason why I am responding a certain way, the reason why I'm acting a certain way is because I have a principle that's ingrained in my very nature that determines the outworking of my actions. And so today we're going to look at giving as God gives. But before you worry about searching your handbag or your wallet, we need to deal with some principles regarding generosity. We need to deal with some things uh, in our hearts where maybe we need to be realigned or maybe we haven't understood generosity in light of giving as God gives. Because the reality is there's generous people everywhere. Like when you think about it, what's so different about Christian giving compared to worldly giving? Like a $50 note Does a $50 note hold more value in a Christian's hand or a non-Christian's hand? The answer is no. Now, we're going to reveal why the answer is no, because the actual value in giving is not based upon money. It's not based upon that tangible piece of paper or plastic or whatever it is. So there must be a greater difference than monetary value. And today we're going to have a look at the starting point by having a look at at the portrait of a generous spirit found in God. Money is not the source of value when it comes to our generosity and when it comes to giving as God gives compared to how the world gives. So then it's not about numbers. It's not about the means, rather it's about the spirit. So today we're going to have a look at our spirit when it comes to understanding generosity in light of God. I mean, there's so many needs in this world. Like, how do you even start? Like, where do you even choose to be generous? How do you even comprehend what you should do? Sometimes there's so many needs that you actually are pressured into inactivity because you don't know how to make a decision regarding your generosity. It's like there's so many options of of where my spirit could be generous to. So let's actually have a look at uh, the starting point of generosity. And when we figured out that starting point, what are the next steps? Like, What does it truly mean to give as God gives? Practically, how do we do this? The world gives, but not as God gives. So what is the difference? The first act of generosity that we see uh, we are given um, from God is God. You're like, what? The very first gift from God to us is the gift of God himself. How? Through creation. In the creation narrative we see in Genesis 1 and 2... This, this, the creation of mankind, this gift of God to himself in our image. You realize that 
being created in the image of God is God gifting to mankind himself. Creation shows us that the gift first given to humanity is God himself. Now, himself in our image and in communion with him. Like, he gave himself in our image, and then he gave more of himself in communion with us. And on top of that, just a side thing, like this is just, you know, a little extra, he also gave us dominion over the whole of his creation and said, be fruitful and multiply and, and subdue the earth. And like, this is all for you, all of the land, all of the creatures, all of, of the trees, that's all for you. Now that's like such a small part of the gift of God when you realize that the greatest gift is himself to you. I mean, you look around in just North Vancouver and the, the grandeur of creation, like that was a gift to us, mankind. To be created in the image of God is not to be God, however, but to have the ability to reflect his nature to the world around us. See, we can create, why? Because God created, and in his image we imitate. See, we can love because God is loving. We can experience joy because God is our joy, which means we can be generous, not because of a behavior we've learned. Generosity is not firstly a behavior, rather it is a part of our nature being image bearers of a God who in himself gave us himself in our creation. Generosity, giving, is not a behavior we've learned, it's a nature we have. That's, we need to understand when we talk about giving as God gives, you were created in your very nature as a generous person, as generous. It's in the very fiber of your being. We were created as a gift. And that act of us being a gift remains within our being. Generosity is not purely something God does. Rather, it is a facet of who he is. We are created as generous people. Therefore, it's not a matter of us learning generosity. Rather, it's a matter of living out our generous nature. You don't need to learn to be generous. It's in your nature. Do you live it out? Do we actually live out our generous nature into this world and into God? I would challenge us that if we are not being generous, then we are robbing ourselves of the fullness of the image of God being evident in our lives. We rob ourselves of him in us. Before your generosity was an action, it was an essence, an essence of God gifted to you as a created image of him. To give as God gives, we give as God is. God is generous. We are generous. The gift of God himself in creation is the first and greatest gift we have received. The gift of God himself in salvation is the second and the greatest gift we have received. John 3:16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved that he gave. The gift of God himself to us is now repeated. It wasn't a one-time offer. 
it's repeated. God himself gives God himself to us again. Jesus Christ, the son of God, is the gift of God himself to us. But we just read about that in creation. Like, why twice? He is the gift we celebrate in this season, in the Advent season, like Christmas. Like, you think about Jesus Christ being born into this world. Like, how did he start? He started as a cell. You know, often we think about Jesus Christ in a manger, right? But he was in an even more vulnerable position, like a cell. He was so humble in his coming to us that he took on the form of a cell, something that we disregard in our everyday walk unless you're like some genius scientist. All praise to you. Like I, we did a test about like how we're wired and I scored like my lowest was like numeracy and science. So don't ask me about the birds and the bees. <laughs> That's science, guys. Chill. <laughs> Our youth pastor is losing it over here. But the Christmas, the season of Christmas, is a great gift to us. I mean, you think about how we give gifts on Christmas. It's because there is a part of us that understands generosity. There is a part of us that understands that this season, the reason for Christmas is because a gift was first given. In the beginning, God created us in his image. He gave us all of creation with the commission to subdue and fill the earth. But we turned away from God. We turned away from the gift of God himself to us. If I were to give Rachel this iPad... This is an illustration. If, if I were to give her this, like this is, like I need this, but if I were to give her this and she were to take it and she'd be like, thanks, and then just smash it on the ground. She'd just throw it on the ground. She'd, she'd snap it in half because she's so strong. She literally looks like Captain Marvel. If she were to then start yelling at the iPad and then yelling at me for giving the iPad and then cursing me and then beating me and then denying the gift and denying me and walked away, do you think I would give her another iPad? <laughs> she didn't value the gift. Why would I give her another iPad? She's not like that, by the way. Why would I give her an, another iPad? Why would I give her another gift if that's how she treated it. Yet, in the story of creation all the way up to salvation, we see this constant rejection of God himself from mankind. This constant denial of the gift of God himself to us. And God's response to the rejection and the abuse and the denying and the yelling is to give himself again. Because we learn from this that God's generosity is not transactional generosity, it's gracious generosity. That's the generosity we were created in. Gracious generosity, not transactional. If I were to ask you, have you ever been able to give out of a gracious generosity even in light of someone rejecting you, someone teasing you, someone hurting you? Like, or do we give out of transactional generosity? Do we be like, man, Matt's been a really good friend, so I'm going to give him a 
give him a gift. Now that's a good thing to do, but what if Matt hasn't been a really good friend? What if Matt has been really bad? Would I still have that same position of heart to express gracious generosity to him? Because that is the gift of Jesus Christ to us from God himself. God's love was so great that he kept giving. He kept giving even in light of our failures and our rejection. He didn't succumb to transactional generosity. It's not a part of his being, which means it shouldn't be a part of ours. There is nothing that we could do for God that he could not already do for himself. God doesn't give, us, give to us out of transaction, but out of grace. He doesn't need our gifts, but we need him. So our generosity should never have a scent of transactionalism, but should have the sweet aroma of grace on it every time. So when we talk about legacy offering, when we talk about doing our city dream center hampers, when we talk about our missions that might be stretching us a little bit, do we approach it out of transaction or do we approach it out of gracious generosity? That is our nature. We need to be reminded of how we were created and how we were then saved. Ultimately, Jesus came so that he could die for our sins. The penalty of our rejection, of our denial of him and of his gift was paid from his very life. Yet again, another gift. The gift of himself. God for us. The gift of God himself in the creation account is the first and greatest gift we have received. The gift of God himself in the salvation account is the second and the greatest gift we have ever received. The gift of God himself in the Pentecost account is the third and the greatest gift we have received. God gave himself again three in one. He did not deny any part of his nature from being a gift to us. Every part of who God is, is the greatest gift we have ever received. And we see it evidenced in scripture time and time again. And we see it evidenced in our lives time and time again. And we see it evidenced in testimony of God turning up in people's terrible situations time and time again. God's gift is not a one-off transaction. It is a reoccurring grace upon grace upon grace. And it is given to us freely. John 14, Jesus says to his disciples in verse 15 to 17, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And in Acts 1 verse 4 to 7, before Jesus ascends into heaven, he says this to his disciples. While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father, which my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is Christ's promise to the disciples. After he's given up his very being for us, he says to them, hey, I've got another gift for you. This is the promise, the gift of the Holy Spirit. God was going to give us the gift of himself once again. And the way he, could, he would do this was by making his home in us. 
the gift of God, the Spirit, is yet again another reminder that our being is a gift of God himself with, for, and in us. Our creation and Christ's incarnation, God with us. Our salvation, God for us, advocating for us. And our empowerment through the Spirit, God in us, is God's gracious generosity of himself to us. It is important to understand our identity as a means to understand generosity in giving as God gives. To give as God gives, we give as God is, and we see him present with us, for us, and in us, which means that the essence of generosity is with us, for us, and in us. It's in us, and when it's in us, it's meant to be poured out of us. So now that we understand this portrait of generosity as a part of our created image, as part of our saved souls and our empowered beings, how then do we even start in the practice of generous giving? How do we give? Why do we give? What do we give to? In a world of varied priorities of needs, how do we first approach this gift inside of us that needs to come out of us? Before we respond with our hands, we must respond inwardly. You can be a generous person outwardly and have the action and the behavior, but it will soon, if it's not aligned within your heart, become a religious ritual that will then ensnare you because you don't do it out of freedom. Romans 12 verse 1 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This passage reveals to us our response in light of God's generosity, and it is one of sacrifice. You know, in the Old Testament, the Israelites, they were professional sacrifices. They knew what they were doing. They knew how to sacrifice. They had laws regarding how sacrifice would actually happen to atone for their sins. See, a sacrifice of an animal required that through its, this animal's death, they would be able to be atoned for their sins. They would take their finest animal and they would give it unto God and lay it on the altar. The priests would then take the blood from that animal and sprinkle it over the Israelites to represent atonement. It was this beautiful imagery that they had for redemption of, of, their, of their sins. And so we see how the Old Testament talks about sacrifice, yet this, this passage in Romans is not talking about the same type of sacrifice. It's talking about being a living sacrifice. Have you actually thought about that for a second? You're like, doesn't that contradict? Like, like in light of what sacrifice actually meant to the Jews in this time, they're like, how does that work exactly? Like, like are we talking like some type of weird vampire thing going on? Like, what? They honestly had these questions. Like, what does it mean? That this was stuff that the church was struggling with. Yet this sacrifice is to be a living sacrifice. This reveals three things to us. First, that Christ's death and power over death cancels death as being a means to bring our sacrifice to God. Let me say that again. Christ's death and power over death cancels death as being a means to bring our sacrifice to God. So you don't need to bring your heifer into church. You don't need to bring your lamb into church. Why? Because Christ's death and power over death cancels death as being a means for you to bring a sacrifice to God. The blood of Christ covers us. 
The blood of Christ covers us. The second is that Jesus is the ultimate living sacrifice. He's not dead. He's alive. He is the first living sacrifice. This tells us that if we are being called to be a living sacrifice, we are then being called into the very nature of Jesus again. Yet again, God himself giving us the gift of himself. We can never, even in our lives, outgive God. And the final thing is that the offering is not made to God through death, but rather through the way that life is lived. Our daily lives. This is what we're commissioned to. This is what Paul is saying to the church in Rome. Your daily life is to be a continuing offering unto God. Not only is our life a gift from God, but it's a gift to God. But money is easier, isn't it? Like when we actually think about what this requires of us, the response that's required, it's like, I'd prefer to put a 50 in the tithes and offering container than to give up my whole life to God. Because that might mean I have to deny things that I know are robbing me of freedom. Have you ever thought about what it is to really actually not give up your life as a sacrifice to God? Like what it limits you in? You're limited. You're not having the full access of freedom that God desires of you. Like we all want freedom. Like we all want freedom. We all grew up watching Braveheart, although maybe not. (laughs) Wow, that's a sad day. Who doesn't know what Braveheart is? Oh, that's okay. Don't watch it. It's violent. (laughs) I knew there would be a day that this would happen. There would be a day where I was irrelevant. But it is not this day. Okay. (laughs) Yes, I'm so... (laughs) Great. (laughs) Okay. But think about it. When we actually choose... It's so much easier to choose to be generous with our hands than it is with our heart. It's so much easier... That's the difference, isn't it? To give as God gives. Because he was generous with what? Himself. That was the generosity. Like, yes, he gave us, you know, all of creation. But he was generous with his whole being. Shouldn't that be our response? To be generous with our whole being? To be a living sacrifice? When we have had the realization of what we give will never equate to what we've been given, there should be no hesitation of heart regarding our offering of ourselves as a living sacrifice. So the question is then, do you truly know what you've received? Do you truly know what you've been given, the vastness of the gift of God himself? Maybe if you haven't realized it, maybe you need to spend some time face to face with God in the holies of holies, understanding who he is. Often we come into moments of worship wanting God to understand who we are, not realizing he created who we are and gets us more than we would ever get ourselves. Instead of coming saying, God, I want to understand you. God, I want to encounter you. I want to understand the gift of you to me. God gives his best and so we give ours, which is our life, which in itself is a gift from God. We will never be able to escape the abundant generosity of our God.
Our generosity is only a response to the generosity we've received. God to us. He held nothing back. What are we holding back from him? Some of us need to give our whole being back to him again. We need to maybe realign our hearts when it's understanding how generosity is made, meant to come out of us. It doesn't come out of us first as a behavior. We can learn the skills of balancing budgets so that we have great giving, and we should do that. But if our hearts aren't aligned with the understanding that generosity is a part of our nature and therefore our response to God has to be a living sacrifice. When the truth settles in our heart, generosity is an easy response. When we fully embrace the truth of the gift of God, generosity should be an easy response. But before generosity becomes this outward act, it has to become an inward response. Today we're going to respond. Today we're going to come around the table of communion. And I love that communion fell on this Sunday because what better way for us to reflect on the generosity of God towards us than to hold the elements that represent his body and blood given to us. So as we take communion and as we enter back into worship, maybe some of us need to realign our hearts. Maybe some of us need to realign our thinking regarding our generous nature. And maybe some of us need to give ourselves wholly over to him again. We hope you enjoyed this message. We would love you to subscribe to our weekly podcast. Other ways you can connect with Avant Life is through YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Or check out our website at avantlifechurch.com.